We welcome Justin Schaefers and the Blind Barbers to the stage of the Phoenix Theater. This is a band that co-host Tom Gaffey first encountered when they played the Phoenix a year ago, and he was so into them that he has been asking if we could get them on stage ever since. And tonight is Tom Gaffey's lucky night. Please welcome to the program Justin Schaefers and the Blind Barbers. The blind Thank barbers. you for having us. Thanks. Thanks. Wow. Yeah, cool. You actually wrote online once. You, you, it was a picture of you with a guitar, and you wrote, "I'm I'm a singer songwriter with a big red guitar, desperately trying to be a poor folk star from 1963." Yes. <laughs> and so when I see that, and I listen to your music, and I look at your influences and all that, I feel like this is a person who would like to not be living during this time and would maybe be into living during another, maybe more romantic time. Is that a correct assessment of you? Yeah. I think so. I mean, well, because I really like all the music from the 60s, and I started off with uh, the Beatles. Your list of influences is very long, and there's nothing more boring for a listener to listen to someone list all of their influences. But <laughs> but Bob Dylan is one of them. Bob the Be- Dylan the is Beatles are on that list as well. Yeah. You talk about Bob Dylan, for example, an mm-hmm. influence. You talk about how like what he wrote was so beautiful and, and so like honest and so true. Um, could you kind of zoom in on what you find to be like so poetic and wonderful about Bob Dylan's words? Because there's not a lot. Of, it's, it's a rarity for a young person to be like, yeah, Bob Dylan is, is the greatest. Not to say that there aren't young right. people who love Bob Dylan, but it's just as time goes on. And, you know, you live in 2018 now. I do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Bob Dylan is a, is a 75-year-old, 80-year-old man now. Yeah. You know, and so you seem to have an appreciation for him like it was in the 60s, like he's just putting all this music out now. So right. It, it just seems like you have like this sort of respect and reverence for these, these music icons that Definitely. is not the norm. And I'm just curious, like for Dylan in particular, or we can say the Beatles, is yeah. there anything beyond just like how they made their music sound? Like the things they make you feel, the things yeah. that they sing about, what, why you think it's so timely, anything that has touched you? Because I know you've spent so much time with this music. One of the things I think is so cool about Bob Dylan is, uh, I mean, in the mid-60s, he was known for, he kind of came up as the folk star with the troubadour, with the acoustic guitar and the harmonica. And people seemed to like that. And then he went to the Newport Folk Festival in 1965 with his big band. With the band. With the band. Yeah, you bet. And blew everyone out, like, everyone, I can't tell, I think people were upset. A lot of people were. were booing. A lot of people were upset. Yeah. And around the world, as he took them on his tour, around the world, people were booing them and, and shunning them. Would you like to tell that story to the young listener who has no idea what the Newport Folk Festival is? Well, more than just the Newport Folk Festival. And the Newport mm-hmm. Folk Festival was the premier folk festival in, in the United States, absolutely. But uh, uh, at that period, Bob Dylan had decided to bring the band with him. Uh, the band. The band. With Lee Von Helm. Yeah, with Lee Von Helm and... and, um, Robbie Robertson. Yeah, thank you, Robbie Robertson. And if you're looking for something to read, uh, his book... Really? uh, ...is fascinating. And this is where I'm getting most of this information from, is... is, uh, uh, what a, and that was the toughest part of reading that book was the section where they were touring with Bob Dylan. <laughs> it was almost unreadable for me because it was uh, it felt so bad. 
Yeah. Uh, it was a tough thing. Levon Helms hated it. But before we get to like how it, how bad it was and how it felt to experience that era, like wh- what did they do? What was the shift that they made? Well, the shift there? was that Bob Dylan went to electric music. Uh, he'd, he'd been playing folk. He'd been a, a single and uh, featuring some incredible finger picking and, and just uh, it was it was uh, more lyrically available, I think, as as a folk singer. And what he was doing was actually signaling the end of the folk music uh, movement, I think, at that time. Even Bob Dylan, the, the king of folk, had decided, uh, I'm going to add a band. I'm going to go electric. I'm going to play rock and roll. And uh, it's, it was great stuff. But if you're a purist and that's what you believe in and you're afraid you're losing your hero, uh, it really can put you off. And yeah. it did. And it was that first tour was just an ungodly thing for uh, most of the players. Mm-hmm. And, but they did it. They soldiered through and with people yelling at them. And, and you can hear tapes of this uh, stuff and some of the recordings and you can hear the people yelling at them in the background. And, oh, yeah. Yeah, it was tough. Yeah. It's uh, you got to have guts to do that stuff. But wouldn't it have been glorious to be at one of those shows? I would have just, loved it. Yeah, just to see that happen. And, uh, the, the three of you are, are uh, some didn't go to school, obviously, with Justin. Um, met him through different things. What draws you to play with a person like Justin Schaefer's The Blind Barbers? Oh, come on now. <laughs> <laughs> His passion for music. Not only is he passionate about music, but he's very talented, ex- considering his age especially. Well, thank you, Most Most 18-year-olds are not um, fans of great music like we've been talking about. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I moved up from Los Angeles two years ago. I met Ron, and Ron introduced me to Justin. And ever since then, the rest is history. Been playing with the Blind Barbers ever since. Yeah, yeah. yeah Ron's the linchpin in all of this. You know, he uh, that's true. He uh, he co- he he asked me, and I hadn't been playing in a, a band like this in a long time. And so I said, okay. Actually, when I I, I wasn't sure, and then he sent me cancel your plans, and I said. Okay, I'm in. <laughs> yeah, Ron, you're the linchpin. Hmm. So, I never. What is that? Is that a good thing? Yeah. No, that's good. <laughs> well, and, and it's interesting to watch. You, people who watch a performance tonight won't get to see this, but you're definitely somebody who the band looks to as uh, I don't know what the word would be because you're not necessarily musical director of this project, or would you say that you are? You know, I I don't really want to say that I am, yeah. and that's that's getting back to the question why I play with Justin is. I feel like Justin gives us space to kind of do what we need to do to help his music yeah. come alive. So he's the musical director. Um, I'm just there to be like a person that's a little bit older with a little more experience of playing in bands to kind of help him maybe think about what questions he wants to ask to say, you know, tonight, like, what do you, they look at me? What do you think, Ron? I'm like, Justin, what do you think? So yeah. I'm just here to kind of help him along. And um, the reason I do that is I really, I've, I've seen Justin play when he was 14 years old. This Lollygagger album, we started recording this when you were 15 or 16. Yeah, probably. And um, so he's just a genuine guy who's in love with music. He's not a guy who's like, well, I practice guitar when I'm done playing my soccer game. He's, music is his thing. He listens to music. He reads about it. He reads about artists. Um, and he's, he's clocked in at all times. It, clocked in at all times. Before this program, uh, you asked me why we do this program because it, it's not the norm, and you were like, "Huh? So what? What's the deal here? What's what's going on?" And I think it's a reasonable question. I'm sure that you know there have been plenty of bands you've played with. 
you've probably played a lot of music throughout your life, right? Yes. Yeah. Um, w- were you doing anything when you first met Justin, or were you on sort of a hiatus during that time? Um, no, I was playing in a in a couple local bands. Um, I've been in a couple bands that toured nationally, um, but I moved here to Sonoma County about six years ago and opened up a music school um, slash retail music store in Healdsburg. Um, and a couple little guys came in. I hardly had any guitars on the wall. And when I first opened up and a couple guys came in, Justin, one of his friends, Max. Hey, Max. Hey, Max. And uh, <laughs> these guys just walked in and I was kind of like, wow. They sat down, grabbed a couple guitars. And I was like, this is what I'm looking to do. I'm looking for these kids in town just to like come to this place and, uh, and want to make music. You're describing the origin story of your guys' creative collaboration, right. and it seems like it's been one that's brought you a lot of joy and a lot of fulfillment, and it's interesting to zero in on like the moment that it started, mm-hmm. because this is a project. I mean, you're how old? I would rather Ish. not say. Ish. <laughs> Over 40. I'm in my 40s. Yeah, okay. And you are, you are 18. I'm this 18. Is, this is an unlikely Dude, Ron, creative, still a kid. creative partnership. Yeah. I feel very fortunate that Justin would like a 40 year old guy like me be in his band. I think, I think it's mutually beneficial. I just, uh, what I, what I'm zeroing in on is it's, it's fun in life when you have moments like you just described that happened two or three years ago. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Four years ago. (laughs) I don't know. Yeah. I was just like a big attraction about Justin and, and, and him making music is that, man, when we were kids, that's what we wanted to do. We wanted to go to somebody's garage and like practice all day long and just make music, you know, and get better. And uh, so that's why I started my business. I actually take kids, and I don't, want the, I don't want this interview to be anything about my business, but my vision is to like find kids and adults that really want to do this and I help them get together and figure out how to play as a band. And some of these kids, their moms bring them, their dads bring them. Like, I always wanted to be a rock star, so I want my kid to do this. Can you help him or her? They kind of don't want to be there. It's all about their parents wanting them to be there. And Justin just really always wanted to play music. That's all he wants to do. And that's the kind of kid that I'm like, come on, let's do this together. I'm, I'm with you. And um, so I saw he came in, and I met him at the store. And then I ran into him kind of he, he went to busking in Healdsburg. He would just, like, pop up guitar case open playing some music and that he'd come spend that money on on uh, some guitar strings some gear, yeah. <laughs> and uh gosh man i mean so i've been open six years and that was in the first year so yeah you were 12 or 13 yeah these like hubs for creativity are where you can meet like people that will change the trajectory of your life and take you on such adventures add color to your life where maybe it wouldn't have been as colorful otherwise. So thank you for sharing that because that is like a really good example of in practice, how that can work. Uh, Before we get into lollygagger, I have uh, just a prompt. Uh, It may be dumb and it may be bad and it may get edited out, but it might be good. We're talking about uh, influences. We're talking about uh, people that we love. Uh, We're talking about the Beatles. Mm -hmm. This feels like a table that could have this debate. Okay. Who is the best Beatle? Oh man. Definitely Paul. Definitely. Ah, oh, well, it depends on what yeah, what you like. Uh, as a person, it always feels like there's got to be somebody in a group who's a driving force. Yeah, I kind of think Paul McCartney was that guy. I kind of feel like, you know, I feel like the band could have got to a certain status, been like, ah, oh, it's just good. We're good right here. We, you know, this is success. And I feel like Paul was always just trying to like, no, we can do more, 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 more. And um, I probably wore on. 
a couple Beatles, but at the same yeah. time, I just feel like that he was this person to kind of just keep him going, you know, with to be new and innovative and things like that. Come on, Justin Schaefer's. I, d- I don't. If a, if you were to tell me within the Beatle career, you might overload him within with that span. <laughs> yeah, this might kill me right now. Um, we got twenty five cameras on you. Oh. The death of Justin Shavers right. by this question. <laughs> what I will say though is like if I I would have to focus on post Beatles careers because I love all the like the the albums that the Beatles dropped right after they broke up. You know George Harrison had All Things Must Pass, which is an incredible a double album of stuff that got rejected in the Beatles and he's like no these are great so I'm gonna do them all great Phil Spector produced album but then my true favorite is Paul McCartney made this album Ram in like the early 70s Uh, I'd like to just pause for a second Uh, that George Harrison anecdote is a really great one I feel like we've all had that moment in life where someone's like this thing and this collection of things you did is not good and then George Harrison sits on it gets out of the Beatles puts it out Everybody thinks it's good. That's yeah. kind of how the Blind Barbers got started. Because yeah. you were in Sleepwalk Sunday. Did you write for Sleepwalk Sunday? Yeah, I did. I did. Most of, most of the songs I did. How did the like, lyrical content and like, stuff you drew from for that band differ from what you do for Blind Barbers? Mm. And, and did it, I guess, would be a question. I think that it was part of... It was more of... In, uh, it wasn't like a definite change when I went from Sleepwalk Sunday to the Blind Barbers. It was more of like the next step of uh, where I was going musically. You have a new album out called Lollygagger. 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 You say it <laughs> over and over again so it gets embedded in people's head. Yeah. <laughs> Justin Schaefer's in the Blind Barbers new album. Lollygagger. Lollygagger. Well, you had mentioned something about a, a song, Tom Gaffey, I'm looking at for the audio okay. listener. Okay. Something <laughs> about uh, a song that dealt with the id. Oh, uh, yeah, you've got, uh, you've got a two-part, uh, two-character tune, but the two characters are you, at least it seems to me. One, man's, one man's word. Yeah, one Maybe. man's word. I think that's the first Probably. Probably. Um, what good is one man's word? Well, uh, for example, yeah. one man's word. Uh, I've been told oh. that I'm insane, a lost cause, yeah. or a basket case, but none of them can ever really see that the men in my head and the man on my shoulder can't run their mouths yeah. without one-upping me. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I mean, that's all. That's one guy having a battle within himself, and there's three people there. One, one that I liked a lot was, uh, it's a, if I'm 5'11", then he's 6'2", because what good is a poor man's word when it's so far from the truth? Yeah, yeah. yeah that's a great line. Yeah. So... Uh, you wrote the song. Um, How any, old any, were you when you wrote that? I think I wrote that a, two years ago. Any insight you want to give us on that? Like, were you, were you uh, feeling like you were perhaps having some man versus himself issues? Yeah. Uh, let's see. With one three man's types word. of conflict, Justin. There's, there's man versus himself, man versus man, man versus his environment. There's probably more than that. I mean, there is there is a lot of uncertainty going through teenage years yeah and i think there's a lot of is like i got bad news for you doesn't doesn't stop doesn't stop song describes that i mean the song describes what you know are you feeling insecure in your head in that song yeah i think there's a little bit of uh questioning in that song and uh it can be kind of tiresome when you're always going after yourself we've talked about a bunch of musical heroes and all that um you strike me as someone who probably like watches interviews with them who probably like reads books yeah who like tries to get an an eye for not just like the art they create but the lives they live Mm -hmm. like decisions they make things that they did 
I mean, I do that with the people that I admire. Um, This is an on-the-spot question, and I apologize, but um, of all these people, Brian Wilson, the Beatles, Dan Auerbach, Jack White, Bob Dylan, has there ever been an anecdote or a story or an interview where you've learned something about their private life or their process Mm. or their family? Any, and this can be anybody at the table. And, and you've been like, God, I, I, uh, I really like that person. I'm really glad that I had that piece of information about them. I, oh, yeah. I got something. Um, you, you guys mentioned the band. Yeah. And they've got that. There's a documentary out right now. Or it's um, Who did? Martin Scorsese or somebody. Oh, The Last, the Last Waltz. Waltz. Yeah. And that was like an eye opener because at the very end of that, uh, you know, seeing how wow. hard their life on the road was. So they were like, yeah. we're done. We don't ever want to do this again. It kind of was like an eye opener for like, is this something that I would really want? Is this really my dream? Because these guys were at the end of it going, I don't wish this on anybody. I've had a couple different roles in the music business. uh, And I worked for this guy named Garth Brooks. You know, there's, there's probably not an interview or an acceptance speech where he goes up and gets a big award that he doesn't really thank his band and his crew. He, he kind of thinks that, that everybody that makes, his show happen is equally important. Um, there was a time early in the, in his career where truck drivers and band members and sound guys and guitar techs, they all made the same money. So we're talking, he thought that the truck driver should make the same money as the drummer. And I always thought that was really cool. He kind of, he kind of thought, man, I can't do what I'm doing without this team of people. And, um, that's always really stuck with me. Uh, you know, I, I had a had a mom call me one time and let me know her daughter wasn't going to make the final rehearsal before one of our big shows that we do up in Healdsburg come up. She's like, don't worry about my daughter. My daughter's got this. She'll be ready. And I was like, uh, this is a team, you know, it, it, everybody's kind of got to be there to make it happen. And I know that, you know, you, your daughter is ready, but the team needs to be ready. And that doesn't mean that somebody's able to do it and the other person steps in it kind of everybody has to do that together um anyway that's just kind of something i always took from him is that he just really is thankful for that entire entourage that makes makes a tour happen and i've been with some other country artists that maybe don't do that um but you know it, overall I, I i mean so i'm not judging or i have not an opinion about those people but for me to kind of help somebody like Justin is I want him to realize that if you sounded great tonight, it might've been because you had a great monitor mix and that guy over there running monitors helped you get your, your show done. A 15 year old Justin Schaefer's told Cloverdale's newspaper of record in 2014. <laughs> you did the deep cuts. Once <laughs> I got into music, I was kind of stuck there because I can say things more musically than I can in person. It's just a nice way to get the message across without yelling. which says to me that it's like you feel more comfortably speaking and sharing through music than you do just like sitting down and talking. Uh, So sorry to torture you with the interview aspect. (laughs) (laughs) Do you have anything to add to that quote now? We are um, four years on, three or four years on from when you first said that. I didn't get unstuck from the music. I got put there and I can't see. I'm definitely not going to become a soccer player anytime soon i just think uh, that's a good way to wrap up this episode you yeah. know i mean you cool. you're somebody whose music 
uh, touched at least one person here to my right. And um, one down. <laughs> Kids got hook, <laughs> and and I think that that's that's a remarkable thing. I mean, yeah. he and I, I said this before. I'll say it again because that's why we're here. I mean, we we have had over a dozen conversations about this band. I had never wow. seen this band prior to tonight, and it has all been because he happened to be in the same room when you guys were playing on a stage. Wow! And that's uh, obviously. Uh, there's something that you do when you're on that stage that grabs people because it grabbed this person right yeah. here. Yeah, and you guys, look, it was the whole band. You guys were the whole package. The same way he was grabbed. Hopefully there will be people that watch this performance tonight that will be similarly grabbed. Um, and we're very excited to share with everybody. I hope so. Yeah. So thank you guys for joining us yeah. tonight. Thank and you so much for having us. You're 18 now? Yes. And that is a young age. I mean, everybody at the table <laughs> is young. Yeah. yeah. But 18 is young, and yeah. hopefully there's like a, a, a big life of exciting music ahead of you. And um, in just a moment, people are going to get to have an experience listening to yeah. the very songs that we described here tonight. I can't wait. I so, hope they like them. Oh, well, we, I think that they will. Tom, will they like them? Yeah, they're going to like it. Yeah, oh, yeah, it was, yeah we had a great <laughs> session. Thank you, Tom. A performance with Justin Schaefer's and the Blind Barbers is up next. Thanks again for joining Thanks. us. Thank, yes. you. Thank, you Thank you. Thank you, guys. <laughs> Could ever clearly see that 
the voice in my head And then on my shoulder Well, it can't help but wind up in me
I hate the funny things about me She said as she got on the train
Funny business. 